Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name is Anthony. On the Sci-Fi Wise Guys, we watch and review straight-to-stream science fiction and science fiction-adjacent movies, television shows, visual entertainment media, distribute originals, uh, short films, mm. YouTube originals mm. slash shorts, fan films, generally anything that has a quote-unquote science fiction moving pictures and people talking, we're probably going to discuss it. And then there's movies that came out... In a scenario in which we could not watch them, right. which is something that we've in the past let slip underneath the, the door, which doesn't really apply to me because I'm pretty sure that I saw this movie in the theater in 1993. Oh. Uh, <laughs> really? You I don't think eight years you, old? Yeah, I don't think no, you did even, at all. would have been, what, seven? Yeah. Yeah. So um, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I am looking forward to this discussion in which a very particular subset of our fans... Uh, disappear. Mm-hmm. This is uh, you. You never like start an episode or watch a movie, get ready to record, and you're just thinking, "Wow, this is it. This is where it ends." Any chance we had of being popular, any any chance we had of gaining fans instead of losing them, it, it went out the door uh, two nights ago when I watched this movie. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, we say movie. We're actually doing a double header. Yeah. A rare occurrence that. I feel probably happens not it's not rare enough in my mind. So what you're saying is we doubled the trouble. Double <laughs> and boiled toil. and yeah. bubbled. Oh my god. <laughs> yes, we did. Wanna why don't you tell everyone what we watched, Chris? We watched the nineteen ninety three American fantasy com- comedy film and the two thousand and two American fantasy comedy film uh directed by Kenny Ortega. And Anne Fletcher, respectively, Hocus Pocus and its sequel, Hocus Pocus 2. Yes, 2022. This just came out a few weeks ago. I think, well, I say actually a month ago now, September 30th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We are recording this October 30th, so we've had 30 days. Did you rewatch Hocus Pocus? Or are you just basing this entire podcast off memories from when you were seven? So without getting, (laughs) without um, spoiling too much about how I feel about uh, these movies. Yeah. The wife and I watch Hocus Pocus like once every four or five months. Yeah. Out, even even outside of the Halloween time frame, uh, we watched the the sequel once so oh, okay. far. So you watched it a few weeks ago, probably, or maybe yeah. like when it first aired or whatever. Yeah, and then okay. I watched and then I watched the original Hocus Pocus again because <laughs> I think I watched it on October first, and then we watched the sequel, and then we watched the original Hocus Pocus, I believe, on Thursday of this week. So. Interesting, interesting. So I have never seen, well, obviously I've never seen the second one. It's brand new, but I'd never seen Hocus Pocus. I'd maybe seen, like my memories of Hocus Pocus are all Disney Channel commercials from the early 2000s and the late 90s. That's my exposure to it. Never seen it. I've gotten a lot of grief for that, actually, from people um, of a certain demographic and a certain subset of the population. Uh, I think most recently I was like, yeah, I never saw it. Like my, you know, I never saw it growing up and I just never got around to it. You know, my parents uh, weren't very big on Halloween. So it wasn't something that uh, we saw. I mentioned that recently and someone replied, well, how long have you been an adult? (laughs) Which at face value makes sense. Like, oh, you're right. I've had how many ever decade plus years to go and watch films that I missed as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I've also had a decade plus years to just still not care enough to go back and watch these movies that I missed <laughs> as a kid. It's a weird... The film has a cult following, 100%. If we segue into the facts, the first film, released in 1993, has an IMDb rating of 6.9 out of 10 nice. with a median score of 7. Very nice. The blurb reads... A teenage boy named Max and his little sister move to Salem, where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches that were executed <laughs> in the 17th century. The, the most surprising thing, uh, just fact-wise, about this movie, at least to me, because I knew almost nothing about it except for there is the three witches and blah, blah, blah. David Kirshner wrote this, or at least came up with a story for both of these movies. He has got story credits, which is uh, very interesting. Uh, it stars uh, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy uh, Najimy as the three witch sisters. 
What a filmography David Kirshner has. David Kirshner has an amazing <laughs> filmography where he's like, yeah, I'm going to make the child's play movies and American tale. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to make Hocus Pocus and then Titan AE I think is somewhere in there. I, I read this earlier. Bill and then and a bunch Ted. of curious George. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Adams family, films. the TV show. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Pirates of dark water. Oh, oh, I love that show. Page master. Definitely has a a particular style. And I think if oh. you look at his filmography, you're like, oh, I know exactly what this guy's about. He made frailty? Yeah. Dude, yeah. this guy. This yeah, guy's so made, he's made a few movies that I like. All these Curious George films? I knew it. No. No, not about that. But his name came up at the beginning, and I thought, oh, wow. Like, I, I actually had a certain expectation once I saw David Kirshner's name <laughs> at the beginning of the film. Oh uh, no! So my first ex- my first experience actually sitting down and watching this film was uh, we're filming this on Sunday before Halloween would have been Friday night. Uh, I had a friend over. We had gone and had some dinner, had a few drinks, came back to my place and watched Hocus Pocus uh, on Disney Plus. Are we on record already saying that Disney Plus good app? Yes. For being as new as it is and having changed very little, it is very very good. Like it had a solid launch, unlike every other streaming app I've ever oh. experienced. It's, it's almost as if a company that intentionally designs and markets its products to be as as accessible <laughs> as possible to its users. Yeah. Um, would uh... yeah, they figured it out. <laughs> well, it's it's the the last time I had. The last time I was that happy with a streaming service experience was Netflix, and I had nothing to compare it to. Right. But I, 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 I'm looking back at it now. I'm like, I wonder. I, I'm sure that was actually probably garbage, <laughs> but it was 2008 or two, yeah, seven or eight or whatever it was, and I didn't know any better. I'm not saying you should go out and get the service because the content is what really should drive that. But as far as just the UI and the user experience, it's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my first experience. So I got to ask Chris. When you say you and your wife watch that movie once every four months or so, mm-hmm. and she doesn't listen to this podcast, right? Nah, she claims to, but I'm, sh- I'm sure she doesn't. <laughs> okay, well, this is a test. Uh, do you want to watch it every four months? Yeah, man. Or do you just want to spend time with your wife and enjoy something she enjoys? Like, like legitimately. Like, if she was like, oh, we're not going to watch that anymore. We're going to watch something else. Would you be upset? I don't know if I would be upset. Uh, it's, just to finish rounding out some of the facts here. <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs> Uh, Hocus Pocus, the original is sitting at a 38% rotten with mm-hmm. 60 reviews, 72% audience score based on 250,000 ratings, which I think might be the most I've, I think I've seen. Metacritic said this thing is a 43 out of 27 critical reviews with a user score of 7.6 based on 27 ratings. I wasn't going to get that deep divey with the old movie, but yeah, no, we should round it out. You're right. I, I, Hocus Pocus is one of those movies because I'm just I'm, I feel like I already know like where your headspace is when it comes to this. If oh, you, you did not so? see this movie at a very young age, like if this movie didn't influence a Halloween or two of yours when you were when you were young and impressionable, it may not be favorable for adults, which I think is where the critic consensus slash critical rating is are these movies especially the first one is it 38 percent rotten no (laughs) is it a well-crafted classic hollywood film containing deep and enriching storylines and like really just pushes the needle and medium as this art absolutely not (laughs) is this is this a fun children's movie that you watch uh, and you enjoy, and then years later you dress up as the Sanderson sisters, the as the Sanderson sisters for Halloween. Yes, <laughs> for me that's kind of where I'm sitting. Like a Hocus Pocus is a film that you you introduce to young people, and like, hey man, mm-hmm. look, Halloween's not real. All those people out there, yeah, they're crazy, but they're not really witches and vampires and Frankenstein monsters and werewolves. But you got to watch out. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch your back because there might be some. Four or five hundred year old witches out there trying to suck the life out of kids. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> so, all right, we're transitioning into the uh, the out of the facts and into the opinions. I thought the the acting is great in this film. Even the kid actors, I think they do pretty well. The the two meathead bullies. I mean, like, who waits in a graveyard for people to go by so they can still shoot? But whatever, they're dumb. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. I thought they were funny. The two, I'm, my name's Ice. Like that's. That's peak comedy. I'm Jay, and this is Ernie. 
Hey, man. Told you. I'm told not you. <laughs> I immediately thought of Hook. Whenever the witches started flying, I was like, I've seen these rigs before. Like, that looks exactly like the flying and the floating from Hook, which yeah. is a fantastic film for the record. I'm not going to lose that demographic today. It's amazing. <laughs> I actually rewatched it last year. Uh, I had a long plane ride and it was on the uh, on the seat back screen. So I watched Hook. Definitely interesting to rewatch as an adult. I hadn't seen it in maybe 10 years. You're totally, uh, now I'm off topic. I'm sorry, but it's a movie that takes you from, oh, look at the kids and all the flying things to, oh my gosh, I'm I'm Peter Pan. I'm old and I'm I don't an have a crisis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My favorite part about Hook, uh, before you continue, is how like sure. he turns into Peter Pan and then the movie is over. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing a lot of people like don't remember is that movie... Yeah. Is pretty long. If I it's over right. two I think, hours long, it's like yeah, it, yeah. You have to have a, a three-hour block in your afternoon to watch this movie. But it's like an hour fifteen, and he's like, "Cool, I'm Peter Pan again." You're like, "Great, we have forty-five minutes left of the movie." <laughs> it's like an hour and a half, an hour thirty-five before he uh, yeah. dons the green suit. Regardless, the the special effects reminded me of that. Sure, I liked the special effects. I was pleasantly surprised by the appearance of one of my favorite actors. Doug Jones. Mm-hmm. I saw his name in the intro credits and I got excited. I was like, it's Doug Jones. And my friend was like, who's who's Doug Jones? And I was like, it's the guy who puts on all the suits. <laughs> He's like, oh, Doug Jones. All right. sapien. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In this film, he does... Actually, now I can't remember if it's the first or second film. He does some hand motions and he puts his like hands on his hips in the same way that Saru does his character Saru and Star Trek Discovery does. I was like, oh, that's that's the yeah. same like mannerisms. Uh, it was an interesting, because I've never noticed that about him before, but it was definitely, uh, I was like, that's the same person, 100%. Interesting fact, uh, that wig is the same in both movies. It's the same wig. They kept it in some prop department, brought it back oh, out. Oh, that's pretty cool. And everything. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. He talked about that on a, uh, a podcast I watched. I watched an interview with him a few months ago. Um, and then I also read the uh, trivia section on IMDb before we got on. <laughs> well researched. So it's an interestingly shot movie. It was really nostalgic to see like the old school Disney logo. It just reminded me of so many hours spent watching VHS tapes of Disney movies, you know, in the 90s. <laughs> In the early aughts. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know Sarah Jessica Parker was in this movie, and I didn't recognize her at all. I I guess I missed her name in the intro credits, and then in the end credits, I was like, oh, Sarah Jessica Parker, my bad. And and so I've been delaying the inevitable. This movie is 38% rotten. On IMDb, it's listed as comedy, family, fantasy, right? Fantasy, I'll give it. There's witches, it's Halloween, blah, blah, blah. They, you know, spells and whatnot. Family, I guess, like, the story is about saving your little sister and toxic masculinity saying that you have to sacrifice yourself. You can't sacrifice women and children, but whatever. I'll take it. There's no life lesson, except, I guess, uh, don't be a virgin. That would be, I guess, the life lesson. Because then your little sister's going to make fun of you for it. Your 10-year-old sister is going to make fun of you. That joke was used way too much. I laughed the first two times. And afterwards, I was like, okay, you've already said it. Question. Does Danny actually know what a virgin is? She tells Allison, her older brother's whatever romantic interest in the film, that he likes her breasts. Yeah. So, yeah, I think she knows... I think she gets it. I, at least abstractly, she understands. Like, she might not understand all the moving parts, but she gets that it, it's this, and it's also something to make fun of. So, I'm not... I'm going to say something that's controversial. I'm going to go ahead and just say it now. Yeah, go ahead. Being or not being a virgin, um, as you reach the emotionally mature age in which you are able to make the decision whether you want to continue being a virgin or not, is one of the least important decisions that you'll ever make in your entire life. Yeah. J- just going to go ahead and say that right now. Don't hold on to that. Or do. Whatever or, you or, want. Don't. N- well, n- no, like, what I'm saying is don't hold on to the, the stress that that decision oh, yeah. makes or doesn't make. American right? Pie is lying to you. It's not that important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. You'll be okay, <laughs> unless, trust me. Unless it's with Stifler's mom, in which case. The reason why I ask if she even knows what uh, the word virgin means is because, like, when Allison, played by one Vanessa, v- Vanessa Shaw, not Vanessa, Vanessa Shaw. Mm, yeah, the I in there, right? Reads the thing. I guess the one of the, the lessons of this movie is that not only be aware of your surroundings, but like be, learn to read the room, Max. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look, I'm, I'm not saying that witches are real. I'm not saying that they're not real. All I know is that if I'm in a creepy house <laughs> and this chick is reading a, a, a book 
and there's another book that's covered in human skin in the corner, you know, hey, you know, just you like any virgin who lights this uh, candle is going to summon these witches. Just don't light the candle, right? Read the room. It's a bigger deal to the little sister that he is a virgin than it is to him because he doesn't like, he's like, oh, virgin has to light this candle and he walks up and lights the candle. Like there's yeah. no, it's just weird. It just fell out of place. But that's uh, what I'm saying. Coming I mean, from just, the little girl. I just don't know if Danny knows what it means because she says it even later on. She's like, he's a virgin. And then like yeah. everyone kind of looks at Max funnily. Yeah. And he like usually has a look of like distress or, or annoyance sure. on his face. But yeah, like me too. No one in no one else. Like, is it because Danny is a 10 year old that, that <laughs> it, they don't go, oh, you're a virgin with this girl? No, <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that. It's not that. So it's less. It's less that the the joke was made is that they kept making the same yeah. joke. With the joke right. being that the ten year old, whether or not she knows what she's saying or not, keeps saying sure. something she probably shouldn't say or probably yeah. shouldn't fully understand. And they say that joke. This is a, this movie is ninety six minutes. Mm-hmm. Ninety six minutes. Ninety six minutes. And they say that joke over ten times. That means at least once every ten minutes, we're getting a Max is a virgin joke. I feel like that the virgin joke ratio in this movie is way too high. Okay. Yeah. Higher I just, than 40 or higher virgin. than it should be. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I just, I felt bored. I felt bored because I was, I was not really invested in the kids. The Sanderson sisters are great. Like the, the, everyone does a good job. I felt like the movie ended and then it kept going for another 15 minutes. I really feel like you could have cut 10 minutes from this movie. Or Probably. added an, and added another musical number. I would have been fine with that. Like the music, the music number was great. How do they know all the words to? I put a spell on you. I'm just magic. Asking. They've been. They spent the last 300 years in hell, man. They know. <laughs> they know a lot of rock and roll. Okay. Sure. Yeah. If anything, if anything is true from the way I was raised, they learned a lot of rock and roll while in hell. That's fair. And read a lot of comics. No, it was. It was not that bad. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's a joke. No. So I was just kind of like, okay, I can get why a kid kind of might like this but i i didn't even like i said they kept making that same joke i laughed a few times at some of the absurdity of it and less at the punchline if that makes sense like i love like i said i loved the musical number spoiler alert i love the musical numbers in the second one too uh, i thought they were hilarious the first interaction with the meathead bullies is funny like them leaving them behind is kind of funny but i'm laughing at just like uh, uh, some of the absurdity of it but for the most part i'm kind of bored i really think like if we look at these ratings if just we're just going to use imdb as a tr- source of truth because it's all we have now this movie came out years before imdb was uh, you know existed mm-hmm. 22% of the votes or the ratings are uh, 7 and 20.8 are a 10. You're telling me that one out of five people who see this movie thinks that it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Well, nah, I mean, again, that's, that's, that's not accurate. It's, you got to, I mean, it's, it's the yeah. nostalgia 100%. I, and I, and I'm not, uh, if this movie holds a special place for you because you watched it as a kid and you watched it every Halloween and it was kind of like, you know, a traditional thing. Absolutely. It's not that it's horrible. It's just that it's, it, it wasn't. Seeing it for the first time at 36, I was not plussed. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can see children's movies. Like, if we, you mentioned that, you know, oh, you're a kid and you go to the theater and you see this movie. Nightmare Before Christmas also came out in 1993. I looked up family movies in 1993. Not in any particular order. Obviously, Hocus Pocus. Surf Ninjas. Should have watched that. <laughs> yeah, we should have. We should watch that next. Uh, Once Upon a Forest. I'm um, just mentioning the ones that I recognize. Nightmare Before, Nightmare Before Christmas, We're Back, A Dinosaur Story, Beethoven's Second, Ninja Turtles 3. Okay, that's pretty bad. I'm sorry for bringing that up. Um, Homeward Bound, which I loved as a kid. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, which I believe has Elijah Wood in it. Yep, I had that on VHS. Uh, the Sandlot, Cool Runnings, Three Musketeers, Secret Garden, Garden, Rookie of the Year. Man, what a banger year. Yeah. 93. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, but out of all the movies that came out that year, Hocus Pocus was my favorite. I'm like, well, you probably had bad taste. Well, it, I think that another part of this movie that may not work in its favor is that Bette Midler does a lot of the heavy lifting. She does. I think she has, she probably has the most lines out of anybody. Um, and she just, she owns every scene that she's in. All of her mannerisms, like all the choices that she makes, like really take over. The problem is, is if, if the shtick of the overbearing older sister doesn't really work for you mm. there's also i think that some there's some things that the sequel solves that the first one has is that max's story isn't like i mean there's parts of max's story that are relatable 
two young people, like young sure. men and women, young adults, um, you know, like, hey, I'm new. Trying to fit in. I'm, I'm at a school. Mm-hmm. No one really seems to like me. You know, I, I tried to hit up this girl in the middle of class, which is, you know, you know, shout like, out, shout out Max Dennison. Wow. Like, I, I like, yes, I don't, I don't necessarily think that I was like a wallflower when I was in high school and I don't no. necessarily think I was very outgoing, but the last thing that I would do, 16 year old Chris would have been right after a girl roasts me in front of the entire classroom would be to get up and hand her my phone number. Like <laughs> the stones on, on Maximilian Incredible. Dennison. Incredible. <laughs> uh, same way. Not a wallflower. Not yeah. like super, super outgoing, just just an average person. I no. You know how many you know how many girls I gave my number to? None. <laughs> like I asked overall for numbers. or just in school? <laughs> uh in school, in school at that age. I mean, I might have like I might have hit her up at the bike rack and be like, yo, Allison, don't ever do that again. Listen here. Oh, by the way. <laughs> I don't, by the way, do you want to go to the mall later? Anyways. Uh, my mom will drop us off. <laughs> yeah, I can get us. My mom has, she's got the SUV. Um, or what, what night? Yeah, SUV. Van, my mom had the van. Suburban is what I had yeah. when I was 67. Yeah, the van. Our, our Plymouth Voyager. Black Cherry. All wheel drive. This part of it is because Max immediately comes off as entitled. He immediately comes off as not like he's that typical, like, Ugh, I don't want to deal with any of this. I'm yeah. so upset that you did this to me. And it's like, even as a kid, I don't relate to that. I grew up as a military kid. I moved a lot. Oh. I went to eight different elementary schools. I was always, almost always the new kid, but I'm also moving to places to where all the other kids are also military kids. They're all new all the time. And so having to move and being upset about it, okay, like I got over that pretty quickly and then be like, oh, making a big deal out of it. It's like, dude, just get over it. it your sister's also having to move. Your parents are having to move. Like this is life. You're, when you're 16, 17 years old, like you could be upset about it, but blaming your parents for the circumstances of life. Like, I mean, I guess it just feels entitled. Like there's a lot to dig into yeah. there and we don't have to get into all that. It felt very entitled. So he's immediately starting on the back foot. He makes a scene in class. And then it's and then immediately tries to like pick up pick up this chick like yeah. hands her his number crazy like this guy is and then he goes home to his his uh his room with his drum set and starts beating around on the drums and uh, no this kid's not relatable at all I have nothing to relate to him and I don't know maybe kids in 1993 were like that I don't know I wasn't 16 I think, then I think part I think the the part that makes it relatable is like he does like grow up like in the movie I mean th- there are parts that I definitely relate to. The difference for me is I did all my moving when I was very young. Like we moved to where we live now when I was seven. Okay. For me, I was only the new kid in elementary school where all the people that I went to school with had known each other in kindergarten or whatever. So growing up, I was always in, I was always surrounded by my peers or the same people. But he does like, he does come off as rude um, entitled, immature, but like he, like there's that scene where he screams at her. He's like, "Get out of my life!" Like you've, ru- like you're part yeah. of the reason why my life sucks. You, like I, I hate you, right? Yeah. And then she so starts crying. Typical. Well, she starts crying. She's like, "Look, this is where we live now. This is where we are. You have to get over it, Max. All the rest of us have adapted. The rest of us have have grown. We've come to the the conclusion that this is where we live." And he, he has a little moment there, which is nice. But I think part of it is also supposed to be there in Salem, Massachusetts, which is one end completely opposite of where he's from, which is right. California. We don't know where he is. He, we don't know where he's from in Los Angeles or California. I, I don't even think he says L.A. or he San Diego LA, or whatever. Yeah. He does? Okay. Yeah. Well, he tells the meatheads that he's from Los Angeles and they look at him funny and he goes, L.A. And they're like, oh, L.A. Yeah. But I wonder like what part of Los Angeles he's from. <laughs> oh, sure. Like, That's I, a I don't know blanket. enough about L.A. Yeah. Maybe he's from the Valley. I don't know. Whenever you say that you're from the Valley to people in Los Angeles, they get all like, they get uncomfortable in their chair. They're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea what it means. It's great. Yeah. Me, me neither. I just, just what I've yeah. seen on TV. You, you mentioned that scene where he goes, oh, I, I want to go home. And she goes, well, this is your home now. Yeah. That happens so early in the movie there's no real like everything after that is just him reacting to things around him like he there is no other lesson it's just them running from the bad guys like if they had taken down the melodrama a little bit right there and then stretched out that life lesson over the next 45 minutes maybe i'd feel differently about it i just for a family film i expected it either be a, a comedy that's approachable for all ages which i didn't feel it was or to have some sort of life life lessons which i don't think it did and so i i, I just think it kind of falls short falls flat yeah. i think that it visually i think that seven or eight year old 
uh, especially probably, and I, I'm just going to guess based off the people that talk to me about how much they love this movie, seven to 10 year old little girls who watch this movie and see the imagery of it. Like, I think the idea of the movie is what's nostalgic and not the actual content of the movie, if that makes sense. And I'm not going to fault anyone for that because there's, there's plenty of movies from my childhood where if I'm being completely honest, Ninja Turtles 2 is a horrible film. It's not good. Uh, it's a bad sequel, one of the one of the first bad sequels. But you know what? I watched the heck out of it as a kid, and I love it. And every time I, I think about rewatching Turtles, I immediately put on Turtles 2. I, I watch them both. I don't watch the third one because I have some standards, but I watch them. So, I mean, I get, I get that. Yeah. I'm just trying to emphasize that my point of view is I saw it for the first time in my mid-30s, and um, whatever. Another thing that I like about this movie is there doesn't seem to be a gross over-exaggeration of like the very common stereotypes that we have now, which I think grew out of the nineties for the most part, Max isn't an idiot. Like right. he does, like he, like he does some dumb things. Like in he makes some bad judgment calls, but well, in, in, yeah. in retrospect for Max who doesn't believe in witches or witchcraft lights a candle that he's not supposed to light. But like that could have happened to anyone not just Max Dennison. That that could have happened to anyone who moves to Salem, Massachusetts, and just happens to be a virgin, right? It's crazy because three hundred. It took three hundred. But I guess it has to be Halloween. It has to be a full moon. Has to be a virgin. Has to light the yeah. candle. Like yeah. I guess it's very specific. But the fact that it took three hundred years is pretty nuts. And also, Allison isn't the damsel in distress. Allison gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. She smacks people in the head with objects. Danny. Uh, is a very good watchdog. She screams very loud. She always knows when there's something happening. Uh, even Max, f- fairly fairly competent and efficient as the protagonist, if there is one in this movie. We'll talk about the sequel here in a minute. But there isn't that like, oh no, and this is going to sound like I'm trying to make a political statement, but Max isn't the dumb guy, right? Like he right. isn't just the incompetent, like I'm I'm a male, so I'm the cause of these problems but even though I am the cause of these problems, I'm going to be as incompetent as I possibly can and everyone else around me has to solve the problem. They all work together and they overcome an obstacle. I think it's really yeah. fun. No, so, absolutely. I, yeah. I agree. I do enjoy the kind of lack of stereotypes. Yeah. I think the biggest problem with this movie is the fact that you're seeing it for the first time as a fully realized adult. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I know who I am as a person. Yeah. This podcast has taught me, if it's taught me anything, is to go into things with as open of a mind as possible. Because I have been pleasantly surprised and I have been unpleasantly surprised so many times uh, watching whatever we're watching. Uh, so I, I did go into it with an open mind. I knew I wasn't going to like it as much as a lot of people I know um, who rave about it. Like I know there's no way for me to like it that much. But I, I thought, you know, at least I could appreciate it. And quite honestly, eh, I'll, I'll watch it again. But she's she better be pretty cute. You know what I mean. Can I uh, can I introduce a new segment? Uh oh, I love podcast. it when you do this. Uh, how long is this new segment gonna last? Uh, as as long as I remember how to do it. Okay. I like to introduce a new segment called the cameo corner. Oh, okay. And, and this doesn't have to be just cameos. This can be specifically any actor who appears in the film or show. We see them like, hey, I know that person. Or, hey, that guy or that gal. Sure. Uh, just a couple notable here. Kind of already talked about Vanessa Shaw, but uh, Larry Bagby, who plays Ernie slash Ice, has been in a couple of things. He's been in a bunch of episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I saw him many years later in a movie called Walk the Line about Johnny Cash. He's a character in that. Oh, okay. That's pretty much about it. Uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he was Larry Blasdell. He appears in six episodes from 1999 to 1997. That's a later season. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is Doug Jones. We already talked about Sean Murray plays in this movie, who I think is most famous for playing a character for 18 years. I'm sorry, 19 years as Timothy McGee, the promotional Mm -hmm. NCIS agent, but has been in a bunch of other things. Jag. Was he in Jag? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. As a different Mm -hmm. character? Yep. Because NCIS is a spinoff of Jag. Right, 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 right. Interesting, interesting. The teacher, Miss Olin, played by Kathleen Freeman, <laughs> was in the Blues Brothers movies, a bunch of other stuff. Uh, she was also in Ready to Rumble, mm. um, which is a fantastic movie from the year 2000, which Amazing. I suggest everybody watch. Um, but other than that, like outside of his parents, there isn't like a whole lot of stuff, but there is just some fun cameos. I think the my favorite one is definitely Doug Jones. Of course. Thor Birch plays Danny. A lot of fun stuff about Thor Birch. Okay. 
son of, or I'm sorry, the daughter of two adult actors. I don't know if you knew that or not. I don't know who they are. No, no, oh, I'm not going to say their names. I'm just saying, like, when I say adult actors, I mean they make oh. adult films. Oh, got She's it. also named after Thor. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, and she has a sibling, Bolt. <laughs> so she's named Thora after Thor, and he's named Bolt after, I guess, what would be Lightning. Nice. Which is really fun. Sarah Jessica Parker, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen and Jimmy. Bette Midler. Cameo Corner sounds a whole lot like just listing the cast. Well, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Omri Katz yeah. kind of like has a weird career. I think I remember him most from the show Erie, Indiana. Did you ever watch Erie, Indiana? No. No, I haven't. As a young one? No. It's a show that might make it on our podcast at some point. Um, oh, okay. But it's like, the, it's, it's like if you were to make the X-Files, um, but for tweens. Like I remember this episode where this dude, hmm. what are the... Optom- not optometrist, orthodontist, orthodontist, who puts in braces. And when he puts in braces for people, like it picks up a frequency that allows them to listen to dogs talk. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> so that does sound like something we should do. Yeah, yeah it, Erie, Indiana. It's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, is he, oh, he, he plays the lead. Interesting. Yeah, he's okay. Max, Max Dennison. But if other than that, he really hasn't had much of a no. career. Only 14 no. credits. I mean, he plays the lead in Erie, Indiana, and who you're talking Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, only yeah, 14 sorry. credits. Yeah. No, I was just naming okay. actors at the point where I ran out of cameos. So Yeah, that's, that's um, how you know that it's a certified Chris yeah. bit. Is when Doesn't it ends. know how it ends. Nope. <laughs> no idea. I think overall, I think that this movie is probably like a five and a half. That's kind of where I'm landing on it. It's not completely horrible. Like I said, the acting is great. Uh, you mentioned uh, Bette Midler. She has that Kelsey Grammer-esque uh, aura about her in which she makes everyone else look worse because of how good she is in this movie, especially up against the kid actors. Like it's It starts to become very clear who's who can act and who can't, you know, and I, and I forgive a lot of things in the movie, like the slapstick humor, like some of it, slapstick humor, whether that's your thing or not, the film sells some punches and then really pulls back on some, like she smacks her sisters around a little bit. And sometimes it's like barely as like, you can tell she just touches her and she flies. And other times it's, it's yeah. shown really, really well. The one sister's bad teeth at the beginning before they suck the life force out of that, uh, that young girl. Like you can see the whole, her whole bottom row of teeth moving up and down. Cause the prosthetic is just loose yeah. in her mouth or whatever. Um, so there's some weird effects and things, but I, I'm nev- definitely not going to hold that against it. I think overall it's made well. I just think that the story needed, uh, a little bit more treatment, if that makes sense. Yeah. So let's uh, let's transition. Would you like to transition? <sighs> yeah. I'll, we'll see if I leave that in. Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, we already mentioned it came out this year, September 30th, 2022. Coming in a little longer in an hour 43 instead of an hour 36. Be honest, I wasn't very happy when I saw that. <laughs> let's uh, Let's do the blurb. Two young women accidentally bring back the Sanderson sisters to modern-day Salem and must figure out how to stop the child-hungry witches from wrecking havoc on the world. In the world? On the world. That's what it says. Why not both? Apparently. On IMDb, it's got a 6.0 out of 10 rating with significantly less ratings. Of course, it's much newer. Uh, And it's got a median score of 6. So that one had a median score of 7. This was a median score of 6. It has 19.9% of the ratings out of 6, 19.0 out of 7. I always love like the uh looking at these the uh the charts, the rating charts in IMDb and you have like the really long 10 and the really long 8 and then no one's rating it a 9. Like everyone <laughs> agrees that it's not just barely, it's just everyone agrees it's not a 9. I always think that's uh the the psyche behind that is pretty interesting. Uh did you have the other facts up? Oh yes. Uh Rotten Tomatoes has this thing at a 63% Certified fresh, based on 147 reviews, 51% audience score, Metacritic 56, based on 32 reviews, and a user score of 4.5, based on 103 user ratings. Okay. So, like, almost not 100% flip-flop, but it seems a bit more well-received critically and a bit less well-received from an audience, everyday everyday layman perspective. Because what I would garner from them facts would you do you want me to talk some more do you want to no take I'll, this uh, one? I'll, I'll i'll grab this one we'll flip it we'll flippy floppy 
This movie was really interesting for me because I think this is this is not the first time in my life in which movie studio executives are like, you know what we should do? We should bank on the nostalgia of people because we can't do anything original. Um, and the reason why we can't do anything original is because people, whenever they see original things, they're like, this is different than what I'm used to. So I don't want it. I'm not going to go see it. Why are you calling out Disney like this, man? And those original things down. die. I, I like movie. This is a prequel slash sequel in a couple of ways. Mm. Um, we get the background story of the Sanderson sisters, which which is <laughs> really funny to me because something that I have mentioned oft before is how the best villains, the best villains that exist in media, are the ones who are the heroes in their own story, right? The Sanderson sisters yeah. are evil, quote unquote, evil witches who suck the life force out of young children. But what we don't know is that they were kicked out of where they live. Their house was essentially stolen from them by the town's Puritans. leading politician, used their influence to unhome and drive three parentless children <laughs> into a into a dark and forbidden forest and then their only way to survive is to have some random lady uh, transform out of a bat and give them the a, power of magic it was like a raven or a crow yeah it was yeah, a bird. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was a bird. Yeah, it was a bird. It was a bat. It was not a bat. Yeah, sorry. She's not a vampire. She's a witch. How dare you? I mean, she could be. Uh, we. I never see her during the day. Oh. What we get is like this is the same. The world that we have for Hocus Pocus is the Sanderson sisters reacting to everything. Something that we didn't mention in the first one is the Sanderson sisters are like are minor celebrities in their own right because people dress up as them for Halloween. Right. When they drop off their brooms at Satan's house and like the three young women dressed up like Sanderson sisters are like sweet brooms and they just steal them. It's theft. They're the monsters. We didn't even talk about that whole scene. Like why did they go into that person's house? Why did that person invite them in? Because he was Satan. No, I get why they followed him, but why did he invite? And then, like, his wife doesn't care. He's not having a Halloween party. He's just like, let me invite these women into my home, and my wife is going to be okay cool with it. It, it was yeah. such a weird sequence of events. And it, <laughs> in a movie that's 96 minutes long, that's the scene you cut. That's yeah. completely superfluous. They just sure. they needed a reason for them to lose their brooms, and they were devoid of any other creative thought, I guess. Sorry. Back to Hocus no. Pocus 2. We're back. No, it's fine. We're back. I think what Hocus Pocus 2 does a little differently than other nostalgia traps is it actually tries to improve upon the story of the movie. It takes an active role in promoting character growth for everyone involved. Not just the Sanderson sisters, but Becky, Izzy, and Cassie, and to a lesser extent, some of the other people. Like Doug Jones mm -hmm. gets a lot of character growth for someone who doesn't say anything to the last five minutes of the first movie that's cool gilbert played by sam richardson also gets character growth imagine being a fanboy that you caused the near destruction of an entire town good job there yeah. gilbert it add, when you say adds to the story it adds to the lore the lore sure. of this world and then also yeah. has a lot of character growth on top of that yeah yeah the problem is with hocus pocus 2 is that it didn't need to be made i think it's fairly well written which i think definitely reflects in the imdb scores or not the imdb scores i'm sorry in the Metacritic scores, where the first one, not well received by critics, but over like almost overwhelmingly received well by its fans. And in this case, Hocus Pocus 2, the critics are like, yeah, it's a better written movie. And the fans are like, this movie's dumb. <laughs> Which typically, if you if you follow aggregate uh, ratings aggregators, that's usually not a good sign. Have you seen Black Adam yet? No. Getting ravaged, I think, by critics, but the fans seem to love it. Yeah, that that usually tells me not the most be not the best movie should be a lot of fun. Sure, Hocus Pocus two is not one of those movies. Pretty good, pretty good movie. I think unnecessary in the long run, but definitely like tells the um not the fish out of water story, but the um life's changing around me, and not necessarily I'm the problem, me being these young women, but like as life changes. You have to adapt to your surroundings. You have to, you know, you realize who your real friends are and the way people behave isn't always the way they're always going to behave. And you got to change. And I think that this story maybe tells that a little bit better than Guy from California moving to Salem, Massachusetts. Yeah. What about you? 
Uh, I, I didn't think about it until you were just saying it about how the three friends in Hocus Pocus 2, were, you know, as they go through their stuff, they're really the, the exact opposite of Max in which they have lived there a while. They have established relationships, but those relationships are changing as they're getting older, which I think is actually more relatable because I think that happens yeah. to everyone regardless of, of circumstance uh, in almost any stage of life. Once again, I'm going to disagree with the IMDb rating. Uh <laughs> I think they had the, uh, the the first movie at a 6.9. When I, I said, eh, it's more like a 5.5. Uh, so this movie is sitting at a 6.0. And I think it's closer to a 7.5. I really liked this film. I had a ton of fun with it. I, I thought it was funny. I thought the character growth and like the, like the character, just character growth. Just a story, a character story arc is was what the first movie was missing. And this movie has that for almost every single character. Except for maybe the mayor. I guess like the mayor is maybe the one character who doesn't, but he's a static background character. Everyone else has some form of growth. And that was really, really enjoyable. The effects are awesome. I thought that the jokes were really well done. Even the, the, the two virgin jokes that are in the movie where he says, if the candle is lit by a virgin on blah, blah, blah. And then there's a little a little kid, just like in the first film, who walked around and accused her older brother of being a virgin the whole time. There's a little little boy. He's like, what's a virgin? Like, awkward silence. Like, yeah. kind of like tongue-in-cheek. Like, yeah, we, we made a lot of kids ask that question 30 years ago, <laughs> right? <laughs> Those were really well done. The music numbers, which I, I think in the trivia, it says that the, the two big music numbers actually happened at the same time. Like they both start the same minute in each movie, 58 oh, that's minutes in, cool. which, is, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but the costumes in that crowd were repeats mm-hmm. from the original film. Like I, I noticed the Madonna costume. I kind of got it as it flashed by. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's pretty interesting. The mother, which yeah. played by Hannah Wedding, Weddington, okay. Weddingham, Weddingham. She, the dress she is wearing is Danny's costume from the first movie. I think I might have read that, but yeah, that's really interesting. Like the same colors and all of that, that re- repetition. There's some more subtle lore in there. If you go through the trivia and stuff, it's, it's pretty interesting. Overall, this was the better film and I actually really enjoyed watching it. While in the first one, I felt like it had two endings, like it ended and I was like, good, we're, we're done. And then it kept going. And this one, I didn't even notice the extra time. Like it, it was enjoyable. It had a really good pace. I really liked the fish out of water scenes. Way more than I did in the last one. I'm glad they didn't stay with the Alexa bit for too long. I thought that was just long enough, but because they yeah. could have gotten stuck there for a long time if they wanted to. Uh, but just like doors that open on their own. Oh, she must be very powerful if the doors just open for her as they kind of like walk through the Roombas instead of the uh, the vacuum cleaner uh, for flying around. I all of that was like just really funny. Like them thinking they look younger because of the filter on that kid's camera hilarious and it, and it pushes the plot forward right like it's it's this combination of it's funny but they're also here for a reason unlike some of the scenes in the last one which i think were supposed to be funny but also didn't have a point i would watch this movie again a hundred percent like i know that by saying that I, I that probably means that i'd have to watch the first one again and so i don't know if it's good enough for me to watch that again um, but if somebody was like oh i want to watch hocus pocus 2 i'd be like okay yeah i'll i'll watch that it's it's fun. I liked the life lessons. I liked the kids. I don't know. I enjoyed the whole movie. I like that they come back to life and start singing as well. That's good. <laughs> I was like, I, right away, I was like, if this is a musical, I swear to God. And then it wasn't, thankfully. Then <laughs> Gilbert, did they sing? They love to sing. Like, yeah, yeah, they sang. I thought it was better in every way. I've asked people because a lot of people were really excited. A lot of people that I know personally, really excited for the sequel. And like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm nervously excited. And then they're like, yeah, it's not as good. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you're not 10. <laughs> I feel like me as a young, like a preteen or whatever, would enjoy this second movie way better than, way much more than the first. It's just a better movie. Like all in all, like it's 100%. just, it, yeah. like the, I don't, I can't say things like the acting is better because, you know, child actors are going to child actor. But I think like it, providing context for the Sanderson sisters gives the characters more growth, mm-hmm. even in the film. The We're going to go ahead and spoil the ending in three, two, one. So at the beginning... Hour in, we're going to start spoiling. When the, the Sanderson sisters are given the book by the the witch she's like they're like don't ever cast that spell you have to promise me you can't cast that spell and then they're like she's like yeah you know me and my sisters are going to honor this book and she's like oh yes sisters a witch is nothing without her coven Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
the amount of foreshadowing there, I don't think 10-year-old me would have gotten it, but, you know, sure. fully realized adult human me was like, cool. Mostly she cast that spell. Yeah, yeah. She she casts that spell. That's what that she's wistful because she misses her sisters or whatever. Well, you notice that her eyes glowed purple, and then at the end, after she cast the spell at the end of the movie, more spoilers, her eyes also glow purple. Like it was more confirmation that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it was definitely very well crafted. And so, like, and just at the end when um, Winifred is like, my sisters are my whole reason for being. Like the reason why she abandons the town. Is because like they're gonna take me away from my sisters. I can't have that. I have to be with them. I think that tells a really good story, and also tells it for the young, the the three heroines whose names I've already forgotten again. Cassie, Becca, Cassie, and Izzy. Yeah, Izzy. You know, hey, you gotta stick together. You know, because you're <laughs> the power of the, friendship. Well, I was gonna say like the we, we talked about earlier, like adapting to the change in your friend group is something that you know you all experience. Um. I have a nephew who's 19. He's going to turn 20 this year. The last time I talked to him, he was complaining. He's like, yeah, I, you know, I used to have these friends I don't hang out with. And I was like, that's going to happen to you. A lot. <laughs> your your entire life. Like your friend group is going to retract. Yeah. And your circle's just going to close and get smaller. And that's just because, you know, as, as we get older, unfortunately, you know, life's got its own responsibilities. I think that's a valuable life lesson that needs to be told more and the life lesson that you learn throughout this movie is like sacrificing everything in the name of getting all that you want isn't the dream. <laughs> it's a little anti-greed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Isn't the dream that you think it is. So also just like talk to your friends. Yeah. Text them. Ha- hash it out. <laughs> yeah. Hash it out. Yeah. I don't know. You, you know, why are they beefing? I don't know. Maybe you guys should talk about it. Maybe you shouldn't send each other real passive aggressive messages in the hallway. Maybe yeah. you should just sit down and talk with your friends. Do see what's kids going on. still pass notes in school or are they all texting? Do you know? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, maybe, in, a, in a, I guess, in a class in which you can't text them. I don't know. So, I don't know. I don't know. If, it's like, you can't bring your phone into the classroom, maybe there's some teachers who are like that. I like the lack of bullies in this one. I li- I, like, that was a big thing in the 90s. If we're going to have kids, then they have bullies, you know? Yeah. And that kind of has been phased out, as I think, as bullying has become less and less uh, of a thing. Uh, maybe not less of a thing, but like at least in, in pop culture, it's like, no, that we're not going to show that. We're not going to have redemption. We're not going to, like, we're just going to push it aside and not have an example of it. But the meathead boyfriend, I guess, in this one. Yeah. Who's like, oh, yeah, I thought y'all were weird and did witchy stuff. I thought it was just conversation. They're like, no, when you when you say things like that, that's mean. And people yeah, think you you're making fun say, of them. Like, yeah. oh. Oh, man. man. Like, his whole life changes. Yeah. No, I've got a lot of people i got to apologize to. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, look at that guy. Like. That's growth. <laughs> the twelfth hour, like or the eleventh hour, just growth, just random yeah. growth at the side of the street. <laughs> what I also appreciated that they did not do. Yeah. Not only did they not harp on the virgin thing, like it wasn't ever brought up as like um like as an insult. Right. And I and that's look, I'm not going to say anything controversial here. It's because they're female characters. Sure. You know what I mean? Like like in today's age, in 2022, making fun of young women in high school for still being virgins, I think is probably just something that you cannot do. I think that is a joke that will not work in this context in a Disney movie. Oh, sure. I don't know. I I don't think it matters the gender at this point. I think maybe as that joke was being phased out, it might've started uh, on one one side more than the other. But I think at this point, you just don't make that joke. Yeah. Like I said, they made two virgin jokes, but they never made it at the expense of anyone. It was the little kid asking what a virgin was, that tongue-in-cheek kind of self-aware humor. And then uh, them asking, well, he goes, why couldn't light the candle myself? And they go, well, why not? And he just kind of looks at him like, are you yeah, serious like, right I'm now? I'm 30. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, I've been around a minute. And they're like, ugh. Yeah. And then they move on. Like, those are yeah. great jokes to have around that subject matter, not continuously calling him a virgin. Man, I can't. I, I'm still kind of stuck on the whole a virgin joke at least once every ten minutes. Uh, that first, like I didn't do the math until we were well, live. So, well, like uh, when the cop leans in and he goes, "Are you really a virgin?" Like, yeah, just, and uh, he's the fake cop. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, like I'm yeah I'm 16, yeah, 17. Who cares? Like it's none of your like. Does that really matter? That's not the point of. But I mean, obviously we know right afterwards he's not a real cop. But sure. 
I I guess like I disagree with one thing you said. I, I mean, I, I agree mm. with most of it. Like it is a better movie. I laughed. I had more fun. I enjoyed the, the family friendship thing way more in this film. Like recognize this a children's film, right? It's not something I would probably normally go watch. I disagree when you said this didn't need to get made. I think it's perfectly fine. I think that if there's an old movie that maybe doesn't do too well critically, or, or I don't, I have no idea. We haven't looked up the money that the 1993 film made. I'm sure it's made up for any lack of box office by now because of all the syndication merch yeah. and syndication. Yeah. And like Hot Topic has helped this film and Nightmare uh, Before Christmas. Like really, 1993 was the year that Hot Topic was born. It just took <laughs> ten years, or like was conceived. It took ten years to gestate, and then suddenly, I think that if you have a film that is extremely popular, cult classic or otherwise, and you have uh, some the original cast, and you have the original story, one of the, David Kirshner coming up with a story for it, and you have new ideas and a new story to tell, make that film. That is a thousand times better than remaking the movie. Mm-hmm. It's 10,000 times better than converting it into a TV show reboot or sequel. It, I think this is perfectly fine and i get that we're talking about disney who right now just they're seemingly out of ideas and they're just making live action versions of animated films they've already done so that's maybe maybe that's a criticism for another time but in general i think this is the way you do it i think this is great and yeah there's the 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 marketing side of it they're uh, preying on the nostalgia bit but i also like to point out that hocus pocus released in theaters hocus pocus 2 Direct-to-stream, which I think is probably a step above direct-to-DVD as direct-to-DVD was when we were growing up and as, and as we reference it on this podcast quite often. Uh, but it's not like they, they were putting us in the box office and it's going to be their Halloween film. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not approached the same, but I think it's a good sequel. And so I think it did deserve to get made much more than anything else. $40 million budget. For the first or second one? For this one. So not bad. Not bad. Some special effects, a lot of actors. Yeah. Uh, some of those actresses, I mean, those actresses are obviously uh, I get. I guess what were. I meant by saying like this movie didn't need to get made is more along the lines of like, this is a film that had it not been made, I think everything would be okay. Like, sure. it's been 29 years. I guess that's my issue. Like if you're going to make a sequel to Hocus Pocus, it comes out in 1997. That was before it was a cult classic it was before all the merch uh, if you read in the the trivia for hocus pocus 2 bet midler i don't think it says a year but bet midler discovers the movie as a cult classic discovers all them like she goes on the internet and is like holy crap people love this film way more than i thought they did like it's bigger than i thought and she sure. started asking like hey when are we making another one like she said yeah. like once a year she'd reach out hey let's do this and so i get what you're saying but like you just described 90 percent of movies well, no, you know what that's I mean? what I'm, so. like I, I'm not like I'm not criticizing Disney's decision to or not to do it. But what I, like the original one had a budget of twenty eight million dollars. Its box office was forty five point four. So okay, okay, it made money. But sure. but that's what I'm saying. Like that would have been all things considered in a perfect world would have been the perfect time to do it because 1997 is like the peak of Disney Channel. Oh, like that's sure. when that's sure, when sure, everyone's sure. that's when I don't want to say it comes out, but that's when all their shows are really hitting at the same time. I think 1997 is part of Disney's like second golden age because you have yeah. the Lion King. Then, yeah, 94. Toy then... Story is, is about to come out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like that's that would have been the perfect time for the magic to hit. I think that the critics reaction to a film meant more back then than it does. Yeah. Now. And sure. I think that's that's probably part of it. Not to mention David Kirshner was just busy, you know. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's, he's doing his thing. No, yeah. It is what it is. Well, if you read through, apparently there are there were some failed sequel or reboot attempts prior to this getting made. So I think they were aware, but I mean, as much as I don't like that movie, like I'm, I don't care for it personally. It's unique and you have to make sure you treat it the right way. Like you have to have something bigger, better, stronger. And yeah. I think that's I think that's what they ended yeah. up with. I really do. And in the meta context of like how movies like this work. Yeah. So I didn't know this. You ever seen the movie Frankenweenie? I want to say yes, but I could not tell you a thing about it except for what you already know by saying the words Frankenweenie. So in 2012, Tim Burton directed a film called Frankenweenie, which is stop motion 3D animation. It is a feature length remake of a short film from 1984 of the same name, which is Tim Burton's first movie, which I thought was like first directorial like movie 
debut. Okay, I've seen the 1984 one. Okay. I did not know. Okay, looking at the cover, I know they remade this, but I did not see that. I've actually seen the 1984 version of it. So I'm, I'm not necessarily comparing these two, like in, in the sense that, like, you know, hey, this was made, therefore you have to make it again. But like, they're both Disney movies. They're both ex- like they're just pure experimentation, right? Like long before Disney became this cash cow of just pumping out sequels, like, hey, let's buy a franchise and then milk it for all it's worth. You know, they're the entertainment company. I'm not trying to blame them for it, but like. Like, there was a time in which they did things like this. And that's what I meant. Hocus Pocus was like a thought experiment. Like, hey, we should make a movie about witches that doesn't involve like awful, terrible things happening to people. We're going to market it towards families and we're going to make money. It didn't really work. <laughs> right, right. That's what, that's I guess that's all I meant. It didn't need to be made. In my personal opinion, the, the sequel should have happened long before 29 years later. Because if you had made it earlier, you could have had more of the original cast, you know, now sure. Danny's in high, now Danny's in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe Max is the, off. Maybe she's the witch. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Max is off. He's gone to college. He's back in LA. Things and things between him and Allison didn't work, but you know, they still love each other. The Sanderson sisters come back and he's got to fly all the way back to Salem to fix it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there could have been, you could have done that. You could have done other things. Yeah. So we'll never know why, but I get what you're saying, I guess, in that, if this was going to happen, why didn't it happen 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. So I, having said, I liked the second one. I, I like this. I like Hocus Pocus too. Yeah. It's not as fun for me as the first one is, but that's sure. You know that I, I watched it one time and the other movie I've seen more than it does. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you expect me to like either of these films? No. Okay. I think I think when we first suggested it, I, I think I was like, "Hey, you need to watch this with your younger siblings." Did you watch it with them? Absolutely not. Okay. No, I remember when I mentioned that my parents wouldn't let me watch it as a kid. You think that they're mm-hmm. going to let them watch it? No, they didn't care. That's what I'm saying. Well, you lie. And you... <laughs> I watched them with Josh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Had he never seen either of these films? Uh, he had seen the first one a long time ago, and then uh, okay. yeah, the second one came out a month ago. Of course, yeah, he hadn't seen it yet. What so. did he think of the second one? He liked it more. Uh, I think we both agreed that the first film would have been better if there was more Doug Jones in it. Like Those were the best scenes. Uh, he was a little confused. He was more alarmed by the immediate singing of the sisters when they come back. Uh, I think he was really worried it was going to be a, a musical. Uh, and then it, like uh. even afterwards, he was like, there was so much singing. I was like, there were two bits. And one was done for comedy. And they kept flashing away to people going, what is happening? <laughs> it's happening. We aligned pretty well on their criticisms, the things I've already shared. But the second Fair movie, enough. I think I might have liked it more than he did. I uh, I enjoy yeah. this once a year delve into some a little bit of horror. We don't do a lot of horror, mostly because I don't like it. So I like getting out of my comfort zone. I know this isn't exactly a scary film. It's not really a horror film in that traditional mm-hmm. sense. But having a Halloween film, something that I obviously would never have seen growing up, it was a lot of fun. I probably irreparably damaged uh, a couple of relationships when I told people that I didn't like the movie. <laughs> or okay. uh, I think I started a, a Discord conversation very boldly yesterday. Uh, I watched both these films. I'm like, oh, what'd you think? It was like, Hocus Pocus 2 is a much better film than Hocus Pocus 1. <laughs> <laughs> I started a riot, uh, which I was Good. told I was wrong in a lot of ways. Uh, not all of them nice either. Um, but no, we're back into normal, normal movies. Spocktober. Really? You're not going to? No. This is it. It's no. it's still Spocktober. No, Spocktober is wrapped up. Those were a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing these, these double features. It'll be a nice long episode for Halloween. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back into some traditional B-movie sci-fi. Uh, over the next couple of months before before Christmas. <laughs> the Santa Claus sequel, it's time. Oh, no. <laughs> I've actually seen, I think, the first... Uh, is there... I've seen three of those movies with the little siblings. Ah, um, uh, okay. Yeah. If you, the audience, have any suggestions for straight-to-stream science fiction or science fiction-adjacent media that we should check out and, and discuss, please let us know. You can email us, scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. Uh, if you really disagreed with our takes on Hocus Pocus and you want to send us some hate messages, you can do that, either at the email I've already mentioned or on Twitter, at scifiwiseguys. Go ahead and DM us or... You know, just add us, you know, call us out publicly. We'll, we will respond. We, uh, we yeah. appreciate you caring enough to actually post something on, uh, <laughs> on whatever Twitter is about to become. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yes. <laughs> 
stay healthy, stay hydrated, and don't go around lighting candles that you know. <laughs> yeah, if someone says <laughs> you shouldn't be that, that you should be lighting. <laughs> if someone says a, a virgin shouldn't light that candle, and you're a virgin, and you're yeah, don't, don't light, light the it. candle. Do what you're told. Yeah, just helping you out here. So. Thanks, everybody. I just, I'm just, i sorry. I just had a vision of Steve Carell's character from 40-Year-Old Version. <laughs> yeah. Like lighting that candle. And they're like, wait, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they coming big? Steve! <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. I guess, except for where were their parents? They were, uh, they were at the fair thing. They never like they try the... to go get an adult. Like that was Max's first instinct was, oh, we need adult supervision, yeah. right? And the first hocus pocus, and the second one, they don't, they don't try to get adults involved at all. It's uh, interesting. That's just a, a little bit different. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, these kids these days, they think they can solve the world's problems all by themselves. Yeah. Freaking Gen Zers, Zoomers. <laughs>